Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. All right, so let's kick off the show with a conversation that actually started off at um, a university. And it's a conversation that's been a preoccupation of uh, one specific institution of higher learning, and that is UNISA. And they, in fact, had a webinar. And the conversation was around innovation and entrepreneurship in higher education. And so at the center of all of this really is conversations we've been having for a while, saying that even though we have young people who come out of university with degrees and so on, and a great deal of them just don't know how to get about starting something. You know, many of them are not getting jobs because it is that kind of situation at the moment. But they also don't know how to be entrepreneurial. So what do we do with these institutions that don't transfer knowledge in a way that you can have young people who can do something with their lives, either than just sitting with a piece of paper? Professor Mbuyi Mbuyu Sumbanyambe is a UNISA professor at the College of Science, Engineering and Technology, who is on the line with us. I'm also going to be joined very soon by Professor Yusuf Adeyadayo, who is from the School of Engineering at UNISA as well. And um, they had as well with them in that conversation, the initial conversation, uh, Professor Patrick uh, Lumumba, who we actually also spoke to at a different time uh, to get his views on this very subject. We'll play you a clip by him a little bit later on. But let me do introduce both my guests on the show. Good afternoon. Thank you so much, Profs, uh, for joining us. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. And thank you very much to SAFM for hosting us to discuss very important matters pertaining to entrepreneurship and the startups at the university. Thank you. Prof. Sumbanyambe, tell me what, what sparked this conversation? What was what was paramount to, to your concerns when you put this conversation together? Um, thank you very much, listeners. Of course, um, this uh, webinar was put uh, to actually look at how us as universities, we are actually teaching our students. You must recall that Tunisia is um, a, a pan-African university. Our students, our students do not only come from uh, South Africa, but they come from across the world, and also particularly from Africa. So we wanted basically to to uh, stimulate or to put up a debate uh, to 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 the listeners who were listening to the webinar to say we can do it as Africans or we can do it as as SA in order to uh, leapfrog or to to put up uh, entrepreneurship. And that starting point, uh, our emphasis was what is the role of the universities in all this? Mm. Remember when you talk about entrepreneurship ecosystem, you have to, uh, uh, everybody plays a very important role which means uh, that entrepreneurship will comprise of uh, the policymaker, the finance, the culture, the support, and the human capital. Mm-hmm. And we as universities, particularly the College of Science in Engineering and Technology, finds itself very relevant in, in terms of providing uh, the capital, uh, the, the human capital which is needed for the people actually to leapfrog or to uh, generate uh, 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 startups or to become entrepreneurs. So, w- when you look at all of this, um, in your view, w- what's the stumbling block? In particularly, as you said, not only in South Africa but in the continent, what is making it so difficult for young people to become entrepreneurs in a thriving society? 
There are a lot of factors, actually, which I would allude to. Uh, uh, number one, as I say, that uh, an entrepreneurship ecosystem it involves policy, which, of course, when I look at policy, I, I talk about the government and the leadership. Mm. And then there's finance. Uh, from finance, also, there's what we call culture. Remember, to start mm. up something, you need to... Um, uh, your culture also is part and parcel of what you're going to start up. And also, we look at support. Um, what I mean by support, you're talking of your communication, the, the transportation, the energy which is needed to drive those uh, startups. And also, we uh, you look at the markets. But basically, amongst all these, what we have realized also from our part as, a, um, as institutions is that um, uh, what we are maybe what we are teaching is not very relevant to uh, to 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 our students <laughs> and uh, in, um, what i mean by that is that uh, uh, do we embed in our curriculum mm. entrepreneurship modules or do we embed something that that can actually leapfrog them or encourage them to be entrepreneurs mm-hmm. so uh, we are actually at this moment we are uh, i think uh, Africa-wise or globally, uh, universities are revising their way, their mode or the way on how they present their curriculum. Actually, even DHEC, in terms of policy matters, because uh, uh, this was just started now, now in terms to drive uh, to drive entrepreneurship in the uh, at the university level. So. They have a framework also which they have just developed now, which, of course, that framework is going to talk to the Council of Higher Education uh, and also the universities. And uh, probably we are going to come together and see how best our curriculum can actually suit the needs of our students mm-hmm. in terms of uh, entrepreneurship or starting a or putting up startups. Let's take a quick break and I'll be back with you, Professor Adadayo, and uh, he's from the School of Engineering as well at UNISA. And we'll just flesh it out a little bit because, as you know, um, from what we've just been hearing, that some of the, the stuff that is being learned in school or in varsities doesn't translate into people becoming entrepreneurs and where the stumbling blocks are. And I'm very keen to hear how engineering going forward is going to adapt in the curriculum at the university to help young people who are studying engineering to become entrepreneurs. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. We're discussing entrepreneurship and how universities can better impart that uh, part of knowledge to students so that they can go on and, and be entrepreneurs instead of sitting with degrees that really uh, essentially are just looking for work. Professor Yusuf Adedayo was part of a conversation that took place um, at UNISA. It was a webinar and included a couple of professionals as well to just really ponder in this conversation around entrepreneurship. Prof, thank you so much for making the time to join us as well. From the engineering perspective, for where you're sitting, how could we better make this particular course uh, become more accessible to those who want to be entrepreneurs? How are we going to adapt the course itself? Professor Adadeo? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, Welcome to the program. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, the first question we need to ask ourselves is that who is an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And if you look at Wikipedia, you can see that a person that takes 
to set up businesses, to take um, to take financial risk in hope to make certain profit. Mm-hmm. So why we teach students in the university? We, we teach them to become technologists. We teach them to become engineers. And the reality is that we do not teach them to be entrepreneurs. Hmm. Now, we need to rethink and sit back and ask ourselves, because if you look at nations, developed nations, mm-hmm. there are two things they do. And maybe what we have in Africa is as a result of our colonization and we've not been able to rise up to the occasion. Nations teach people to become a feedstock for production or people that are innovative that will take advantage of opportunities. So over the years, what we have been doing is that we have been teaching engineering as a feedstock Mm -hmm. for production. Mm -hmm. That is, we teach people to be competent in this area, to be able to design. But at the end of the day, when graduates get the certificate, in their mind, they are hoping that they are going to get a job somewhere in a government sector or in a private sector. And we have been talking about curriculum transformation, Africanization. And I think we need to change our mindset and change the mindset of our students that we are training them to be competent in engineering field, and also to take advantage of opportunities in the society. And to see the services they can render, to see what they can do, so that they can become risk taker instead mm-hmm. of risk avatar. Mm-hmm. So once we have that component in place, and we also make our students to be aware of the opportunities in the society and instrument government are put in place. Mm-hmm. Remember Professor Mbayambe talks about policy yes. and, and other things, finances. Mm-hmm. Of course, it is not sufficient to change curriculum, mm-hmm. uh, incorporate entrepreneurship into it, mm-hmm. or even to bring to the fore the awareness of our students so- uh, that they need. So, so let me come back back to exactly that point then, Prof. Uh, Sambonyambo, that then at what point do we then include other stakeholders? You spoke about policy, finance, culture, and so on. Are we bringing a government into this conversation? Are we bringing the private sector, the financiers into this conversation so that we can have a conversation that is going to take all of us forward? Yes, um, thank you very much. Um, when we started the webinar, of course, um, what we brought around the table, the people who we brought around the table, there were people from different uh, fraternities. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Dr. Nora Clark, actually, who is heading the entrepreneurship in the Department of Higher Education and Technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we basically wanted to hear um, her perspective in terms of policy matters mm-hmm. uh, for entrepreneurship. And then we had um, uh, uh, colleagues from Germany, of course, uh, listeners, um, they might be, they will be aware that actually Germany is one of the countries which is very solid in terms Mm -hmm. of economy. Mm -hmm. So we brought them in because uh, those two 
they are very good in terms of startups and entrepreneurship. Mm. And then we brought in different people from Africa. Uh, they, they main goal was to listen to all these speakers mm. and then after that to say, how do we move forward? But what we have seen now is that we are, um, we are starting to engage with uh, the policymakers, which is the government. Uh, and right now, uh, with those people who were involved, the best way is you, we all move together and understand if you put up a policy, how is that policy going to work? Because policymakers, mm. um, uh, you need to work with the uh, policy uh, regulatory bodies, yes. like, like CHE or, or uh, the other regulatory bodies which are involved in the curriculum development. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in a nutshell, all of us who are involved into all this, we should move together. That's why it's called an entrepreneurship ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It means you work together for a common goal. Mm-hmm. So if you leave one out, mm-hmm. then you will have a problem. Yeah. But uh, we are trying by all means, uh, uh, as UNISA, as CSED, as School of Engineering, to uh, make sure that we bring everybody to the table so that we move with a common goal for the benefit of our communities in which we live in mm-hmm. or for the benefit of Africa because our students actually extend far beyond Africa mm-hmm. into other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So let's come together and see how we can move forward. Uh, we've got Vincent here calling us from Midrand. Thanks for your patience, Vincent. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I think the the issue of a curriculum change is key. Mm. But also there are two fundamental changes that we need to engage. Mm-hmm. The one is allow us engineers to do engineering. Mm. A lot of, 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 of things has proven that guys that are going into tertiary and they can't make it in tertiary becomes good entrepreneurs. Now, let's give them the opportunity to carry on, do what they can do. Then we become scientists, engineers, that can support that kind of space where they do what they do and they become dropouts. I mean, at, at, at some point in 2003, the top 10 billionaires of the world was guys that dropped out from, from varsity or college. Now, you then see there is just a pattern where those people then tend to become what they want to be, entrepreneurs. Now, then we then encourage the productivity in our industry and we need to encourage the perspective that Africa is not for producing raw material for other people mm-hmm. to utilize. Mm-hmm. Africa is there as a player in the world. More so it's advantaged by having raw materials, but we need to start moving into the space where let's make one vehicle in Africa. We can't make one vehicle in Africa. How how is that possible today, twenty twenty one? What are we saying? We're not thinking to that direction, but fundamentally I know some of the things that might be infecting this thing is these old people that sit and become presidents at 80, 80 years, 99, 92. This, this, this crew must move. We need to start opening up leadership at 43, 44 years at that level so that we can start engaging meaningfully, produce mm-hmm. our motorbikes, our solar panels and all those things. We cannot produce these kind of things. Mm-hmm. In summation, let's change the, the curriculum at a level of standard eight or grade 10, as they call it. From there, you drop all the things called languages, 
and other things that goes with history, change the formation, start explaining how does Uganda look like, how does Kenya look like, and explain to a South African or explain to a Ugandan how does South Africa look like so that we start knowing how South Africa looks like, how does it compare to Korea and others, formulate a curriculum that allows us to understand without writing an exam how other countries look like and in grade um, 11, 12. By the time we finish those and we have stopped all these African languages, we have done enough up to standard 8. We just need another two years of understanding the world. From there, then we start knowing where to pick what. And then put them together, we should be able to move and become competent in the world case scenario. Right now, pull out a kid from whether Limpopo or KwaZulu-Natal, ask him, do you know where Kenya is? They can't even configure it where Kenya is as a start. And then go further and say, do you know what Kenyans do? They, can, they don't know. It's because we do not have an opportunity to change that perspective. Now let us know so that we know even Korea, so that we can relate with Korea. I can start living here, going to study in Korea because I'm interested in something specific to formulate or make a gadget and come back with that experience and utilize it. We're going to have to leave it there, Vincent. We, 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 I'm going to have to leave it there. I think I've got the main points of what you wanted to say, and I'll allow my panelists to also weigh in on what you've just said. It is 1.30, though. Let me just go to Jolani Tulo for the latest in SABC News headlines. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Before we wrap it up, I just want to give Professor Adedayo a chance to maybe sum up what you, um, you know, your response to the caller beforehand and, and maybe a way forward. Oh, yes, thank you. Well, I know many people, we always say that you do um, drop out of school, or they may say, um, uh, this guy at Microsoft dropped out of school. But the reality is that they did not. They, get, they did not drop out of school. They left school because they saw an opportunity out there, they ask themselves that, okay, if I'm going to spend five or six years at the university, um, uh, what is it that I'm going to gain compared to these opportunities I have? So what we are saying, in essence, is that, and this should not actually start at the higher education level. We need to start from school to try to change the mindset of our people about the opportunities. And when you see opportunities, mm-hmm. take advantage of it, of it. And of course, it goes also along with the risk that are associated with taking those um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. So what we have started is about changing the mindset. And the moment you're able to change that mindset, then you now need to synchronize that component, like Professor Sombriande have, have said, uh, the ecosystem, it will provide the resources, it will provide the funds, but if the mindset of people are not changed to take advantage of that, Africa will still continue to be a dumping ground mm. from West or from Asia. Mm. So where to start, and what we have started at UNESA at that webinar, is to start a conversation and once that conversation is there, different people will come with their own ideas, they'll come with their own view, and we talk. 
And when there's a play, when there's a need to change certain things, it's not as if we don't have a good educational system. We do, but there's that entrepreneurship component we need to put on top. Hmm. We've got a clip from um, a conversation I had with Professor Lumumba, who was a part of this conversation. And let's just listen in before we wrap it up. Prof, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Why is it that universities are not centers of, of entrepreneurship, where they're not transferring the skills of what knowledge they have and creating communities of entrepreneurs? And let me say that uh, many universities have been described and some Perhaps with some merit as ivory towers, we simply mean that the connectivity between the academic work and the practical world of entrepreneurship is very limited. And this can be attributed to a number of things. Number one, I think it is the curriculum. The curricula in many institutions is too academic. And because it is academic, it means that it stultifies the creativity and innovation of the students. Number two, it is a lack of funds. Many African governments do not give research and development, with the consequence that very little is done in terms of enabling scholars in areas such as engineering, in IT, or in agriculture, to link with industry, which brings me to the third point, that the linkage between universities and industry is also very minimal, so that the practical dimension which students ought to undertake in an intimate way is not done, and if it is, it is done in such a perfunctory way, merely to enable students to pass examination, students to pass examination. I think that those are the three issues that stand in the way of universities being true contributors to entrepreneurship. Prof, would you then give us a sense, if these things were sort of managed, I know it's never going to be perfect, but if, for instance, we can start with one element of connecting universities to industry, where there isn't real money that's required to do that, what would actually happen? Uh, during the meeting, somebody said something that I thought was very useful, an experience from China. That if one is a professor, one cannot be allowed to be promoted unless they can demonstrate that they have been involved in two startup companies, mm. which demonstrate practical connectivity between the academy and the practical world. And I'm suggesting that in universities it also ought to be the case in cases that lend themselves to this, such as engineering, IT, and agriculture, that no student should be allowed to graduate until they have a stint in the industry. And not merely for purposes of passing examination, but for purposes of equipping them with skills which will make them contribute to invention and innovation. And to achieve this, governments must set aside funds which will facilitate the realization of this. Secondly, the alumni of these institutions should do what institutions do in Europe and America and progressively in Asia, have endowment funds. And these endowment funds can then be utilized to give practical meaning to apprenticeship and, and, and kindred activities which equip students with more than numeracy 
and literacy. But Prof, I mean, that's excellent. Although there is also something to be said about culture, inculcating the culture of creativity, where you would have to also change the mindsets of those leading universities to, I suppose, encourage this kind of, of move to entrepreneurship. I can't agree with you more because we who are in the academy, because by dint of the training that quite a number of us have had, we think that writing papers in refereed journals in and of itself is, 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 is what we ought to do. But I think that is sterile academics. Practical academics requires that you change culture. And the beauty now is that we are beginning to have a crop of academics who are exposed and who through collaboration are beginning to recognize that their true practical value is not sitting in an ivory tower and writing paper after paper, but in demonstrating that indeed you have contributed to innovation and invention and the value addition is evident. And in this era of the fourth industrial revolution, you are talking about Internet of Things. You are talking about all these high-sounding things. We want to see delivery. Let me give you two examples only. Look at Uber. Mm-hmm. The man sits in San Francisco, and he's controlling people in Johannesburg, South Africa, in Haberon, in Botswana. He has no car. He has nothing, just an app. Mm-hmm. Look at Glovo. Somebody sitting in Madrid, Spain, and Glovo is delivering a pizza from Pretoria to Joburg. Thinking, high practical thinking. That is what we need at our universities. So if we manage to get this right, what would it mean for the continent? Oh, let me tell you, the continent in 10 years, in your lifetime, holding all factors constant. Now with the Africa continental free trade area where we want to break down the tariff and non-tariff barriers, and we ensure that these borders are dissolved, there is free movement of labor, tariff barriers are eliminated or reduced to a bare minimum. With a market of 1.3 billion, we pull up 800 people into the middle class, into the middle class spending. You can imagine what will happen. I can just begin to visualize what will happen. It is potentially amazing, but it requires leadership at critical levels, particularly political leadership, where you devise and define policy and translate policy into enabling legislation, and you then implement it, then you would be amazed. China moved 800 million people out of poverty within two decades. We can shorten that period. Prof, the suggestion here is that there is a lot of work that needs to happen in universities, alongside also industry and government. I dare say, I think we also need to include schools so that you don't have to start at the very beginning with the mindset of the child only when they arrive at universities. I can't agree with you more. And I'm using the word I can't agree with you more because you are so sensible this afternoon, I hope always. Because you, you imagine, look at talent. Many of the young people who are talented cannot fit into your regular curriculum. They will not perform. But if you have systems of talent identification very early on, then you are going to ensure that those who are of the innovative, of the inventing kind, are on a different track Mm. from those who are on the more academic side. So it is not something that is being done at the university, which is essentially a finishing school. Mm -hmm. You want to start this very early. And the countries to be emulated in this regard 
are countries like Finland, South Korea, Taiwan, progressively Singapore, and Vietnam, and even India and China. So there is no shortage of countries from which we can borrow. Rwanda is also beginning to do this in the continent of Africa, and I think Mauritius and even the Seychelles. So it is true that you cannot begin to do it at the university. You bad fish while it is still fresh, mm-hmm. not later. Okay, so you were listening to the voice of Professor Lumumba from uh, Kenya School of Law. He's a director there. And he was a part of a a group of people that came together, uh, put together by UNISA. And they were talking about innovation and entrepreneurship in higher education. So what you need to do is to go to their website. You'll be able to get the link of that complete uh, webinar that took place um, not so long ago. And, And I think it's a very important conversation.